This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Have a great practice today. Go out there and execute our assignment and um, get ready to play Aaron. Um, I don't know if he's mobile. I don't know if he can run. We don't know anything. So we're just going to go in the game plan that he's running, and we're going to go out there and execute our assignment. You know, for us, we always say this when we're playing these guys as an offense, it's important for us to possess the ball because it can't play out like that if he's not on the field. Uh, we have a really, really good defense here. Um, we've got pro bowlers and all pro guys at every level, but our best defense against Aaron Rodgers is us being on the field as an offense possessing the football. Football. All right, Matthew, uh, one t- of my tell favorite us, things tell is, us how much you love football. Okay, so one of my favorite things is when someone could easily say the ball, and all of us would know which ball it was. Football. But it's like, it's not just possess the ball, it's possess the football. You know who does that? Everyone. In the Your new NFL. twice a week co-host. Oh, um, Sage, Podcast, Sage loves absolutely. the full word football. It's also it's also very important to call it the National, National football, football League. League. You yes. do not call it the NFL. You call it I all call it the National Football yeah. League at the National okay. Football League level. Yeah, and you refer to legendary quarterbacks with their full names. It's always Brett Favre. It's never Favre, or sometimes just their first name. Their first name, like Everson Griffin. There, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's. I don't know if Aaron's. I don't know if he's mobile or not. We just got to yeah. get ready to play Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> But the football thing is great. It's you got to use that that and and guys like the offensive lineman guys like the Jeff Saturdays and the Mark Schlereths, they never shorten the word. It's always football. Who was the guy Judd that told you Randy Moss didn't run routes all the time? Like if Merle he wasn't Hodge. getting the ball, yeah, Mer- Merrill Hodge, one of the first guys to break down he, film. Publicly. He was the guy where I really realized when I was watching him on ESPN. Right, he would do film stuff, and, mm-hmm. and I and I liked what he did, and. I realized that every time he would say football, football, you've got to possess the football. You've got to throw the football. You've got to run the football. (laughs) You have to be emotional about football. Yes. Do you you guys remember a couple of years ago when Mark Brunel was on NFL live, I believe, and he was taught they were breaking down Deflategate. And Mark Brunel almost started crying. Yes. Like, he was, tear- he was tearing yeah. up. Yes. And they're like, you're crying. Like, just so emotional to me, football. What was he What, what was yeah. he hung up on? That they would tarnish Brady? No, he was mad that Brady would cheat. Yeah, he was, he was crying about the thought that this superstar quarterback would cheat the game of football it, in the National Football League. It's wild. I thought of this not too long ago. <laughs> I when I can't remember if it was Stephon Diggs' press conference or something else, some other reason. The number of times that I have seen grown men in football cry or get sniffly or teared up or choked up in the last two years is definitely double digits. For for a game where it's the just ultimate warrior toughness game. Gotta be tough and physical and yeah. There there are so many times like Zimmer 
five times at least Zimmer alone. But I mean, the Tony Sperano thing is a little different. But even like Norv Turner, when he had to whatever fire, not fire, Norv Turner. I saw Randy Moss get choked up when he was doing his press conference here, talking about, about Denny, Denny Green. Sure. Stefan Diggs talking about being able to provide for his family. Like the level of emotion of this game is different than anything else I've ever been around. Also, and this is just a theory, but do you think because it's such a manly game too, and which also has its downsides that have that's hindered the league, that you you bottle stuff up so much, maybe over the yeah. course of multiple years or decades, and it comes out sideways in moments where you think, well, wait, it's just it's just a game. But oh, not, yeah. Not to it me. was it was Terrence when Terrence Newman did his retirement press conference or whatever, just they they ran him out there to tell us why he retired, and it was so clear. Terrence is a very sort of smooth guy. He's very much like, yeah, everything's cool. I'm cool. You're cool. We're all good here. And it was funny because he was talking about like, oh yeah, I'm good with this decision. It's totally fine. And then somebody said football, and he it just like hit him like a tidal wave. Football. Where, and and then all and then all of a sudden it was like right there and you know as a reporter you just sort of wait and like okay when do we ask the next question but the guy's choked up has he got more to say and eventually do I walk up and like give him a weird hug I yeah, like, don't know he eventually worked his way back around to it I think it is the amount of sacrifice that people put into it and and even yeah. though I would say there's a lot to that in hockey and. Uh, there's a, a pride that goes along with that with how much they battle through. I think football is on a completely different level because every one of them knows that they're risking themselves long term. And also, if you want to succeed at this game, if you're Terrence Newman, Terrence is not like married or anything. Uh, I mean, he has kind of put his life on hold to be able to commit himself as much as it requires to be 39 or 40 years old playing in the NFL. I think the amount of work that goes into it in preparation, it takes over your entire life. And so when it's over, it's a very conflicted feeling probably to have it be kind of beyond that in a way. And almost know for Terrence that he escaped without any major injury, but also miss that effort that goes into it because you've committed so much. I think it, I think you notice in like guys who go into the Hall of Fame too. If you compare like the different Hall of Fame speeches for different sports, with basketball, they usually go up there. I mean, Michael Jordan's was pretty emotional. He was crying and everything. I don't know if anyone remembered that for any reason at all. Other than like, why is he still oddly vindictive? You're the best player of all time. But I mean, the internet just... Oh my gosh. The crying Jordan meme. For years yeah, made fun of that. I hate but, that thing. But and, sorry, Manny. But for the most part, with basketball and with you know, with like hockey and baseball, I mean it's just such a proud moment and they're smiling and oh, this is great for me and everything. But you watch these guys go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it is truly emotional for these guys. Football. How about when uh, yes. And, and this is just this is like the most football thing ever, but I, I've come to really appreciate this part of it. The, the emotion that goes into what these guys have to deal with. And then the stress of, of the pressure of it, too. I mean, it's just beyond any of the other sports because of the amount of attention. But when Emmett Smith was giving his speech and he starts trying to talk about Daryl Johnston, but all he can do, this is fullback, and all he can do is just pour out tears. I mean, it was like, yeah. wow. I mean, the level of sacrifice, too, that each player has to give for the other. When you're a running back, if you make the pro if you make the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what what had to happen there, aside from maybe Barry Sanders, is the offensive lineman year in and year out 
destroyed their bodies for you. The yeah. the fullback, I mean, the number of times that Daryl Johnston blew up a linebacker and the toll that that likely took on him. And you him got destroyed too. Body. Yeah, and right. And I mean, you if you're got a running back, too. you got destroyed too. But I think there's a, an appreciation for what each other does that in hockey is maybe only equaled by the, what the fighters used to be, that the there was a reverence for the fighters because it was like, you protect us, you make sure we don't get hurt, which turned out to not exactly be true, but they felt that way. And so each player understands that if they're going to end up in the Hall of Fame or they're going to have success or win a Super Bowl, that it probably had to do with so many other guys sacrificing for them. This goes back to my theory that I think football is the A number one sport where to to be not to be successful but to be truly passionate about it you have to be all in like i think you can be a good athlete and play baseball and you might hate baseball mm-hmm. i oh, think yeah. in basketball it helps if you love basketball but if you don't really like it that much but you can shoot you can play it football's the one and we've seen guys i mean you see guys who play the sport who don't love the sport and they can't wait to get done i think the flip side to that is the amount of passion that the guys who truly love it, this sport, because it is, at its core, it's a brutal, awful sport. It's also a sport, to the point that Kyler was making earlier, where you need the people around you more than almost every other sport. Mm-hmm. In baseball, it's really an individual sport True. that masquerades as a team sport. It's it's you as a batter against that pitcher. And then there are certain team aspects that go around it, but it, that's the it's a one-on-one matchup that takes place you know, 35 times per game on each side or 40 times. In basketball, LeBron James doesn't really need his teammates. He just it, it literally can be anyone to stand out and shoot a three pointer. And so there are you know, for the most part, he's been pretty much dragging his teammates for most of his career. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but in football, if I'm a quarterback and these five guys up front don't do something to protect me for two or three seconds, I might suffer brain damage. Well, I might suffer it anyway. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. And, and to Judd's <laughs> point about love the game versus don't love the game, uh, there are probably some guys who love. Every Everything about it so much, including how close you get to everybody around you, mm-hmm. because it's just day after day after day after day with the practicing and the preparation, the meetings and all that stuff that when you're done with that, you know that you're not going to have that anymore. The best parts of football for so many guys are that Monday through Friday, not exactly on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, when they're when they're just doing their job, preparing for a game and the camaraderie that goes along with it. There are probably some other guys, too, that break down because they're so relieved to not have to do it anymore. That they do it because... Bernard Berrien? Brian McKinney? Well, but wouldn't that be something? I mean, think about that paradoxical thought where you are you are big enough and blessed enough size-wise, a Bryant McKinney. Yeah. God blessed you, or whatever you believe in, blessed you with this type of body and size to the point where you are a multimillionaire. But you hate it. Mm-hmm. And and you can and it and it's physically taxing and might be cutting years off the end of your life and to try and figure out wow how how far down this path do I go and now knowing what but we know about brain damage I also man. I also don't think and and football would probably be the best example of this too when you know that you're done it's not just that Sundays are gone it's the ability to operate like a kid is completely gone too yeah I mean Favre what did Favre love to do he loved to come in that locker room on a Wednesday and fart and slap everyone and slap yeah behind. but I mean he's he he Brett Favre you hated, love to do that going in the locker rooms too Jimmy. well that's true but Brett Favre hated practice but besides that he loved Sundays he grinded film mm-hmm. and he liked to towel you know towel whip guys that was his thing and it's like, where else? So when you're done, you're done. Now you go home to your wife and yeah. kids, and you're you're an adult, and you are taken from this world where you can be 
perpetually in your 40. Yeah. Let's come back. And I know I know. 15 minutes ago, we, we promised a little uh, update on Pat Elfline. And Kyler has some thoughts, too, on how Pat Elfline could help with what happened in week one going forward. But, uh, Judd, take the floor here. I know you have a friend on the line. I do indeed. It's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Becky and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Becky and Judd rolls on. Quick look at your traffic brought to you by Cabot Stain. 94 eastbound. We have a 10-minute delay between uh, County Road 33 and 35E. Look out for a crash, delaying things by about 10 minutes there in that area in St. Paul. Summer's winding down, making now the perfect time to stain your deck, especially with 25% savings on Cabot Stains at Lowe's. Shop September 13th through the 16th to take advantage of the savings. Only on Cabot, only at Lowe's. Come on! Football! It's the football hour with Maggie and Judd. Manny is uh, playing keyboards over there on the other side of the glass. And Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast, where you can find... Uh, an episode from this week that was posted last night, Sage Rosenfels talking about Brett Favre's return to Lambeau. Great stories. Sage will join us on Fridays on Mackie and Judd. But you rolled up your sleeves, Matthew Collar, and put your arms up to your elbows into the mm. offensive line mashed potatoes. The featured story is about how Pat Elfline, whether it's this week, which is a question, or going forward, how he would help the offensive line. So what do you know about his status, and what did you watch on film? Uh, what I saw on film, we'll start there, is that Brett Jones is a reasonably decent backup offensive lineman. And the same would go for Tom Compton. And if you have to play those guys a lot together, it's probably going to be an issue long term. Against San Francisco, they have one really great player. But that's it. It's DeForest Buckner, and everybody else was not that good uh, the other day. But uh, when you play a team like Green Bay or Philadelphia or the Los Angeles Rams, there's a lot more talent that's going to be coming your way. And where Pat Elfline is better than Brett Jones is everywhere. Uh, he is tougher. He's quicker. He, I mean, smart. Brett Jones is smart, but he's also new to the offense, where Elfline has been in the meetings all the way going back to OTA. So I... Suspect when he gets in that he will be able to pick up pretty quick and get chemistry with Kirk Cousins and go forward from there. But when it comes to getting out and hitting a linebacker, getting out for a screen second for, level? for Delvin Cook. Are you talking second, second I level? I'm talking about the wow. second, second level, level. We just went second wow. level. We went second level. level. Wow. Take that. Wow. Football. That is, oh my God. Wow. Football. Football, yeah. yeah. Football. Yeah. Football. Yeah. I mean, this is second level analysis, let's I, be honest. Obviously. Every time I'm in, Manny. Have you been listening oh, from yes. 9 to 1 before? Oh, oh believe me. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, so with... It's uh, four hours of radio. Of course I'm listening. Funny because I didn't all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Manny was potting down the other stations that he worked for to listen to us between 9 o'clock and noon. Glad to have you on board, man. The, the, uh, with Elfline, the, the quickness, the mental processing. So there's a, a play, for example, when we, you hear like, oh, mental, smart, IQ, all this stuff. You hear this just like constantly, but people don't always put a finger on what it is. So there's an example that I was watching against Washington last year where Pat Elfline sticks the guy right in front of him, the three technique, stands him up on a run play, but they blitz a linebacker on his side. If he doesn't see that linebacker in a snap, that linebacker is going right through and blowing up Jarek McKinnon. 
So he literally kind of nudges his guy aside and puts a shoulder pad into the linebacker that pushes the linebacker past the play and they get seven yards. And it's, it's just a little tiny thing, but it's something that only a really good player at that position can do. I think Elfline is like a franchise player, like somebody who will be in purple for 10 years until his body ultimately breaks down. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in the NFL a very long time, and he is a big upgrade when he comes back. As for when he comes back, it, I don't think it's this week, unfortunately. I mean, I wrote about it yesterday because it's unclear still, but today Kirk Cousins is taking snaps and warm-ups from Brett Jones still. Elfline's out there working with What's Trevor the bigger Simeon. problem here, by the way? Is it the ankle or the shoulder? Do, do we even know at this point? I think what it is is getting back to play strength, where when he had to go through those two surgeries, it's not... It's not like how if a guy has an ankle, like, oh, work on your upper body. And so just get that ankle back and you'll be good to go. He had both the upper and the lower body, which uh, hurt him from getting stronger. So when we talked to him at the beginning of training camp, he didn't look like he was up to the weight or the muscle that he needs to be at to play. And I think it's taken a long time to travel down that road to get there. But if he's coming back next week... That's a good place to start against Buffalo, who they should beat by 40. I suppose when your job is to push around 320-pounders in the middle, you you, yeah. you need to have some something close to 100% strength. So when he does come back, which I think we're all kind of anticipating it being the Buffalo game, should the expectations for him to be the same Pat Elfline, should they be tapered a little bit because he's didn't really go through? I mean, he kind of went through training camp, but he was on the pup list and that sort of thing. Is he going to be rusty? We're going to have to look for that. Yeah, probably for that game, but that's why it's the best time to get him back is because you're playing a team that has very little chance of beating you, especially at U.S. Bank Stadium, with not only a rookie quarterback, but in my eyes, a bad rookie quarterback (laughs) and one of the worst prospects that was drafted in this year's draft as a quarterback, Josh Allen. I am extremely confident that he's not going to be a star, but we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you never know with some rookies, but as far as guys who could come into Buffalo and get their face beat in, he is at the top of that list. Um, or for, come into Minnesota for Buffalo and get killed. So that's a good opportunity for them in a game that you see as a team that doesn't have a great defense doesn't have a great offense. You should run over them to get him back. To what play would you say you got going for you if you're the Buffalo Bills? Boy, that's uh, uh, the, the number one over pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna <laughs> t- top pick. Yep. But yep. you would usually draft quarterback, which they should do next year, but they won't. Of course, they so won't. they'll probably draft like a linebacker and just set themselves back or trade the farther. Pick. But that's for next week. I to your question, Manny, it might take a few weeks to get to 100. Mm-hmm. percent But even him working his way in is much better than Brett Jones. Should there be a concern that uh, Griffin showed up today on the injury report with a toe and was limited in practice? If we have a fat offensive lineman show up there with a toe, I figured to myself, he's just a big lug. He can stand there and still block people. As I told Phil, I get a little bit concerned when guys who are supposed to come off the edge and use that toe to push off have something wrong. Uh, well, for one, this is why they're going to rotate more is if he does have an injury that's slowing him down, that it will actually heal as opposed to last year playing 90% of the snaps and he's just trying to fight through the plantar fasciitis issue. Uh, what I would say with Everson Griffin is last year after he hurt himself, we were told, oh, you know, it's fine. It's no big deal. Like it's, you know, he's just going to have to heal. And it was really bad. 
You know, and then you find out later it was really bad, and and that foot was killing him the entire season as he was going forward. After, even after he missed that game against Washington and came back, so I don't really have a sense for how serious the toe injury might be. The fact that he was only limited though tells me it's probably not a huge deal as opposed to missing practice. Then I would start to wonder, uh, but. I would expect Everson's going to be fine, and he was a beast against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. See, these games, again, when you have quarterbacks like Rodgers, it's so hard to read what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. when. The, I, I, honestly, I would say we knew what was going to happen when they played Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. The, the Niners are a good team, but that's a that's a guy making, what is it, ninth start in the NFL mm-hmm. at that stadium against that defense. We we know this is going to be about a touchdown to 10-point victory. If Rodgers plays, if Rodgers plays, I'm not certain that he will. I mean, okay. Vegas right now. I don't know, man. You, you think there's a chance he sits this game? Sometimes Vegas points you in the right direction with these things. Right now, they're favoring the Vikings, like minus seven, whatever that means. And that's a that's a huge that's a road favorite, right? Yeah, yeah that's sucking that, people in. That can't be no. He's but with okay, you with think Vegas Ar- is playing games with Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> with, with Aaron Rodgers, are the Vikings a favorite? I think it, I think the oh, Vikings are probably yeah. like a. It, it might be an even money game in Lambo. I wouldn't say hell with, yeah without him. No, no with Aaron oh, with Rodgers in Lambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you said, I thought with, you said with him healthy in Lambo. I if. I was them. I'd go with, with the standard three point Packer edge, home team edge. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think the and Pack- I would take the Packers, I would take yeah. the Vikings in there. Oh, I might too. But I'm, I'm I don't see any way he doesn't play. And and I think it's I think it's all him. I think he's going to dictate. I think McCarthy, much like with Favre, I think McCarthy has lost control here. So he, he can the doctors can weigh in. But there is little doubt in my mind that at halftime of that game on Sunday. He said, if it's an MCL and it's a sprain, I'm going back in. And even if they said, well, that's not a great idea, he said, bleep you, I'm going and, back And in. how much of that, too, is just because Deshaun Kaiser is so damn bad? I mean, if they, had, if they had a quality, just a deep, they had Josh McCown as their backup instead. I mean, you could make <laughs> that really a serious. Tells you how bad and Manny, you are, is. If they only had Josh you McCown. Are, yeah. if, <laughs> if Deshaun Kaiser stays in that game and plays on Sunday, they are 0 2 to start the season. Yeah. Both division losses yeah. with him. There's a chance to If they had a more reliable backup, well, I yes. could honestly see them saying, okay, full. Aaron, sit, sit, this, sit this one out. But, but, but my thing Kaiser is, is so bad. He's so bad. If Rodgers can't move, though, if he looks like he can't even protect himself, you're just asking for Everson Griffin or Daniil Hunter to hurt him even more. And if you go back and watch, Watch how Sheldon Richardson played and how he created a penetration in the middle consistently in that game. That would really concern you too. The pressure up the middle is going to be hard to escape. You can't just throw the ball away. Like, and if you're the Vikings' defensive line too, is 15 yards worth getting a shot at Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I think it is. Okay, this right? is a heinous question. I'm not but... saying hurt him, but I'm saying like if you get your shot, you're going to take. That's it. what I heard, yeah. Collar. But the answer to your question, as heinous as it sounds, is what it was. It was worth knocking him out for the season. I'm not advocating for, but 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 writing writing that line turned out to be worth it for the Vikings last year. Yeah. And would it have been worth? It wasn't a, even a penalty. It was uh, a double uh, bonus, I guess. Would but. it have been worth a mild, even if it was a mild fine and a penalty to Anthony Barr? Absolutely, it would. And if you're the Packers, you've oh. got to be factoring that in. You have to. It's, this is Everson Griffin. This isn't a friendly guy, right? I mean, this is one of the best pass rushers How's in their the line? entire NFL. How's their line? Well, David Bakhtiari's good. No one else is great. I mean, it, it's okay. I Who's would say the right an, tackle? I'd say it's an average line. Who's I, the right tackle? Because Bulaga? Hunter Meister. Bulaga's their right tackle. Yeah, right. 
Because Hunter could kill him. Brian Bulaga is also one of the top five names of guys where you know 100% what position they play based Iowa, on right? hearing the name. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> and Hawkeyes? the college. If you said Brian yeah. Bulaga, Iowa, Iowa. oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, that's a right tackle. I felt the same yeah. way. The Packers have a few of those guys. A.J. Hawk, I felt the same way. Like, Lion, that's a it's linebacker. a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of these guys in the wide receiver ranks, too. This Is it is it Kenny Galladay with... Detroit, like Galladay. Yeah, Galladay. That's a yep. wide receiver. That's a hundred percent. Geronimo Allison, I guess, could be a safety, but that's a that's a receiver. Yeah, Collar's hanging out. I have a question for you when we come back about quarterbacks and environments. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football; they f- love it. Watch this throw rolling to my left, backing up. That's awesome, man. And 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 I'll make another throw the next time. It's like it came right out of him. I mean, it had to to drop in like a butterfly with sore feet. It had to drop in like that. Like a what? Football! Football, yeah! Yeah! Football! 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 Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. And Rodgers, a perfect throw, and simply dropped by Martellus Bennett. It would have been a first down, and Rodgers is hurt. He took a big hit at the end of that play just as he got it out, and it looked like he might have landed on that right shoulder. That's Anthony Barr. That's Brett, though. He talks all the way around the, the block on most subjects. I've talked to him before about deer hunting, which I don't know anything about, and, you know, hunting with a, a, a rifle, then a bow, and then before you know it, um, deer meat, and then by the end of the conversation, he's a vegan. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's Brett. Um, 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 and uh, so... Uh, um, and uh, obviously, uh, leave my guy chili. Uh, I, I miss Would him. you guys leave my guy chili alone? I, I was one of the few people who actually liked Brad Childress. I don't think he was a great coach, but I, I love the dry humor and dude, Brad Childress. I liked him too until he didn't like me anymore, and then it was very uncomfortable after that. Yeah, they had a they had a falling out. You could say. Didn't yeah. you try to get a quote from him when he got let go? When he got when he got to go bleep yourself. Fi- when or he something? got fired, I texted him. I said, "Can you? Will you talk or something?" And he sent me a text back. If you think I'm talking to you, you're delusional. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Thanks I, coach. I guess that's uh, I guess that's a no. Judd, you're uh, you're delusional. Um, uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I miss Chili. It is funny that uh, Coach Nagy in, in in Chicago looks like a young Brad Childress, though. He does. If he does, does like, yeah, yeah, and manages the end of a game like a young Andy Reid. Yes, just fits right in that tree, perfectly in that tree. So we were talking during the break here. This is my question for uh, for Matthew Collar on quarterbacks and environments. We'd never be able to prove any of this. I always wonder if David Carr had started with a different organization mm-hmm. or Tim Couch, if Tim Couch had been drafted by the Patriots instead, and Brady were to have been drafted by the Browns, and how would history have played out? And to some extent, Tom Brady was going to make it work almost anywhere because he's a machine and he's driven and he's a leader and all those things. But Philip Rivers is a great example of a quarterback where if if Philip Rivers and Tom Brady or Philip Rivers and even Aaron Rodgers to some extent were to have switched places, I think Philip Rivers is the type of dude that would have two Super Bowl rings, Hall of Fame consideration. How much do you think environments shape quarterbacks as opposed to vice versa? 
Well, I mean, if you want to tie it back into Kirk Cousins, I think that's one of the things we're starting to learn about him or that we will learn during his time in Minnesota, that he's got this tag on him, that he's not necessarily a winner because his three years as a starter, he's a 500 quarterback, basically 24, 23 and one. And there were games where he led game winning drives, but there were games that he let get away and put up a lot of stats when they were down and things like that. And there's some situational football issues and, and whatever, but that all could be pushed to the side with the number one defense in the NFL if the Vikings do that again. And he is absolutely a good enough quarterback to win the Super Bowl. I mean, if Eli Manning has two and Joe Flacco has one, Kirk Cousins is exactly where those guys were at that time. They're on the fringe of the top ten, good enough to win a Super Bowl if their team is great and everything is right. And Eli Manning is you know, probably most of his career not a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins for just season to season if you compare the statistics. But he wins the two Super Bowls with great defenses and things go the right way, and he'll forever be a winner. And Phillip Rivers was an example you brought up off the air. It's a great one that if his kicker makes one. A few different years, I think it happened Nate to Phillip Rivers. Yeah, Nate Katie. Yeah. And if he makes one like Adam Vinatieri did so many times for Tom Brady, then all of a sudden Philip Rivers is that guy with a Super Bowl appearance or whatever else. So I, I think that there's a lot of different things that go into it. There's kind of like narrative shaping, and then there's how a guy makes it or not. I mean, you might look at it with Cousins. You couldn't find a bigger disaster organization. And still, like you said about Brady, he found his way to the top and found his way to succeed. So I think ultimately if you are that good, you will find your way to a lot of success. It's just what, where the narrative goes from there can often be determined by your defense, your coach, your organization, your kicker, you know, a bunch of different things that have to go your way, and then we'll kind of write the history after. The interesting thing to me is not the uh, star QBs. It's that next bin of QBs because, to me, the, their environment is so important and culture because those are the guys who either have a fighting chance to be good, and and then at times they, they can go from being good to great because the culture is so good around them, but they also have a fighting chance to just fall off the face of the earth and off the cliff. Matthew you know, Stafford. Yeah. A guy like Ponder never had a chance, and we all get that. He was just, mm-hmm. and that, that, whole, that whole draft, except for Cam, basically didn't have a shot. But there is that Stafford level of quarterback there where if you put him in certain environments, it might not work at all, and now he's done. And so that's where I've I've always been interested to see how they cultivate and develop those guys. And this goes back to what I think the Chiefs did, which was fantastic. Mahomes didn't play last year. Yep, He had a chance to not play. And that's the one thing that, as crazy as Bill Polian can be, the one thing that he brought up with Peyton was in 98, if he could go back, Peyton wouldn't play. And I do think that there is a correct way to cultivate a quarterback. It doesn't mean that if they play as as rookies, they're destined to fail. But I think if you slow cook them, you got a lot better chance for them to to observe and look at things. Kirk Cousins is probably a perfect example. He came in and saw all the pressure, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't on him. So he could process that, work his way mentally through that, and then when he got his chance, say, aha, now I've learned. Think about how many quarterbacks in the last just 20 to 25 years, the Vikings through great defenses or great Hall of Fame caliber offensive weapons have elevated. Randall Cunningham, late in his career. Jeff George, journeyman, right? Uh, and Kirk Cousins, you know, Kirk Cousins even without weapons is a league average quarterback, but they... 
the Vikings have done a really good job of putting a lot of pieces in place. If 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 not defense, loaded offensive weapons with Randy Moss and Jake Reed and Robert Smith and Chris Carter. So the organization has done its job, and it's just a matter of finding that quarterback long term. And we will find out with Kirk Cousins here. And the difference between Kirk Cousins and and where this narrative could go on him is only going to be, is he a real good quarterback who was in the game for a long time? And, you know, it just, it never got to that next level. Like Matt Stafford, we're sort of approaching on that. Mm -hmm. Although with quarterbacks today, the way they're protecting them, you'll have 10 more years to find it out Mm -hmm. with uh, Matt Stafford. Uh, It's always funny to me that certain quarterbacks when I was growing up retired at like 32. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. That's like the guy's prime now and it's like starting his yeah. prime. Um, because of the the mental capacity it takes too, that you do wonder if some of those guys had played longer. Um, but when you're talking about cousins, he's already done enough to prove that he can really play in this league and he is a very good player. Uh maybe not eighty four million dollar quarterback, but worth being a franchise quarterback. And then there's where is it going to go as him and how history kind of remembers him. Because history will remember Eli Manning as being a Super Bowl champion, and that's the only thing anyone's going to care about. He's almost like the Joe Namath in a way. They remember him for what he did and and winning and just being in New York and all that. But when you really do a thorough analysis, it's very hard to find him as a Hall of Famer. But I bet he ends up there because of of the winning part. So with, with Cousins... It's going to be hard to parse out like how much had to do if he won, how much was Kirk Cousins? Or will it go to Zimmer's championship? Or will it be the defense's championship? Or will, if they lose, he get all the blame even if it wasn't his fault? I and think like, though, all these things are interesting to me. Quarterbacks are, are among the next to be harshly judged because the rules, when people start to vote in 10 years for this current class, right? Five, 10 years. Yeah, and the numbers when, are crazy. When you, and, and the numbers are crazy. But they're going. The voters, I think, are going to start to draw the same parallels that that they have for years now on receivers. Which is, if you're a quarterback and you were good, that's not going to now. Now, Eli, I'm I'm with you on because of two championships. But I do think it's going to become incredibly hard to get into the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. The, the, the list of yardage leaders, career quarterback passing yard leaders. The list includes Eli Manning at number six. Big Ben's a Hall of Famer. Big Big Ben at number eight. Philip Rivers is ninth, and Carson Palmer is twelfth. And is yeah. he a Hall of Famer? Oh no, exactly. Right? Carson but Palmer see, is not a Hall of Famer. But see, Philip Rivers is an interesting one because he's going to have every Chargers passing record when he's done, and the guy who's all the records that he's going to be breaking, Dan, Dan Fouts, Fouts yeah. is in. And Dan Fouts didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, never even got to one. But is Dan Fouts relative to his era? Because because it's hard to compare the the counting numbers, right? Is Dan Fouts relative to him? Was Dan Fouts one of the five best quarterbacks of his era? And if the answer is yes, then he's a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers, the, who, let's say he's his era is, is the last. Let's say his era is the last fifteen years. Well, okay, Brady, Rogers, uh, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees are for sure above him, and then I'm sure people would make cases for other guys like Eli Manning. But it, I mean, so you're, yeah, it's if, if Philip Rivers had played in more playoff games, even and had gotten to a Super Bowl. He'd probably have a lot more consideration. To, to your point, Judd, there are going to be so many quarterbacks that end up being really hard to figure out yes. whether they should be Hall of Famers or not. And the guy that came to mind when you we were talking about Philip Rivers is Matt Ryan. That let's say he never gets back to the Super Bowl ever again, and he's remembered for blowing a twenty-eight to three Super Bowl lead mm-hmm. in his biggest moment that he couldn't 
avoid getting sacked or change to a run play maybe in that Super Bowl. You're going to look at you look at his win loss record. Just take a look at that. This guy is like 50 games over 500, and he's got all these stats. He's got an MVP season. But when you get to the end, are you going to say like, yeah, that guy was really a Hall of Famer? I'm not really sure. But his environment, and I think he's a really good quarterback. But his environment that season, everything came together with Kyle Shanahan and the weapons, and they were healthy and all that, and it was just this perfect season for him. His career, though, has enough sort of ups and downs and underwhelming moments that he might be a guy that has passing records or is in that conversation, top 10 ever, and all this stuff when it's all said and done, and he's not one that you immediately think of as a Hall of Famer. Football. Yes. It's Matthew Collar. Find him on the Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com. We'll wrap with Royce when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh. It's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. Mason loaded, one out. Infielders are sort of halfway at second and short. Pena in a jam. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a 1-0, 10-inning victory. Kepler to left center. A diving attempt, but no catch by Hicks. Austin Hill around third. He's heading home. And the Twins lead three to nothing. <laughs> His nickname is what, El Tortugo the Turtle? Never seen a turtle run so fast before. Uh, Pat, are those, rank- are, are those <laughs> rankings of historical Twins moments correct? Pretty uh, dang good. I might have to throw Jack Morris in there too. Okay. Maybe is uh, yeah the uh, yeah oh, Jack Morris and Kirby game six and then last night I would say was it. I can guarantee you I have watched the Twins for uh, fifty eight years. I've never seen anybody run that hard in my life. I've seen guys run faster. I've never seen anybody run that hard. Patrick, give me the uh, the bin of characters that among Twins players that you've seen that Ostadio goes into now. Oh man, I'd have to think about it. I cannot. Uh, you know, we love Bombo, uh, Disco, Danny Ford. You know, was a great character. But this is something special. This is, uh, I mean, this is a guy that uh, was in the minors for nine years, and last year when he was in Reno, what Angels, whoever it was. They put him on the DL like 10 different times because anytime they needed a pitcher, they put him on the DL. That's how little they thought of him. And uh, he's now our folk hero. He's the only reason to watch the last yeah. three weeks of this season, the last two weeks. It was fantastic. And he's a, he's a great uh, guy, too. I talked to him this spring and when there wasn't a lot of people wanting to talk to him. And he, he he's, English is not great, but it's okay. But I did talked to him. I said, so you signed? He says, yes, I signed as a shortstop. And I said, shortstop? He says, I was smaller then. <laughs> he said, so it is, uh, it's fun. It's nice to see some fun attached to this team, isn't it? It is. He, we were talking, Manny looked up the numbers earlier. So he, you said he's been playing professional baseball for nine, nine years. Yeah. This 10th right. year. He has struck out 
81 times in <laughs> nine years in an era where strikeouts are going off at a record pace, Pat. 2,400 plate appearances, Pat. Unbelievable. Yeah. But here's the other thing is last, last winter he, he played for Caribas in Venezuela, but he played 55 games and had 235 at bats and had four strikeouts and 11 walks. But he, <laughs> he you know, I mean, he went to Venezuela and he, he's not one of these guys, okay, I'll play for you for two weeks. He plays the whole time. Remember, he was, he didn't get in uh, at training camp at the start. Remember, he was missing because of visa problems, allegedly, but I think it was just that they told him to take his time because he played during the playoffs. And, you know, he played the full season in the Winter League. That's something different. You don't see that much. Oda Rizzi, he gave us something last night, Pat. Yeah, that was the uh, damnedest thing I've ever seen. I, I don't uh, just a time that I'd really decided it was time to start ridiculing the hell out of him, and he goes out and uh, and uh, doesn't give up a hit for seven innings. Uh, the the Gladden had told me Monday night that he basically asked Morris Oder is he asked Morris to come over and talk to him and give yeah. and give tell him something. What am I doing? What what can you what can you tell me? And Jack Morris said, try to get some outs on two pitches. Instead of yes. seven, you know, exactly. He certainly wasn't great about that last night, but he he did seem a little uh, less reluctant to challenge anyone, didn't you think? So I mean, he did. So, Patrick, what was your idea on t- Twitter for an Ostadio promotion? Then well, I saw that Willen's Ostadio night, Saturday night. Why not? The guy honor him for being in the minors ten years. The resiliency, bring his family in. But here's the promotion. Okay. You get Gladden, you get Whalen, you get Fleck. The Gophers don't have a game that night. You get a couple other people. Uh, they start running from first base, right? They start running from first base. You pick it up when they get around second. You put the video of Williams running around, and the whole crowd <laughs> is cheering for either P.J. Fleck or Ostadio to see who gets home first. You get Whalen, Gladden. P.J. Fleck, we need two more people, you know, that have some athletic ability. Actually, another idea, another idea would be to get a costume that looks like he did running around third base with the hair blowing back, like like yeah. the, you know the 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 sausage races in Milwaukee or the costume, <laughs> yeah, but just have true. four of those running around in different. That is exactly, you know what, it, you know, like Nordy, the, the uh, how about you know the wild has many Nordies, you know, little Nordies. Running around, they dress up these little kids in Nordy. Yeah. How about Willie, little Willies, and they run it. They got the race. <laughs> <Little Willies. you laughs> know. They, have, they have the race in different. That would be it. Yeah, I have like a bunch of little Willies racing that instead of this goofy uh, mascot race. Something. They got to take advantage of this. They don't they? I yeah. mean, come on. And yeah, you can this still build is, in, I mean, build in a sponsor want, if you want to. I mean, hell. People love this guy. They love this. Guy. The little Willie's idea is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Came up with it. Yeah, yeah. Dress him up with the hair. By the way, that I sent out that photo of me with my crazy hair back. He does look like a relative, doesn't he? Yes, he does a little bit. Yeah. Yes, he does. Pretty close. The same face, kind of huffing and puffing, that close up of his face. I, you know, I'm adopted. We could be related. You might be. You might have found something. <laughs> you finally, finally found a relative. Uh, what right, a relative. Right. All right, Pat. We'll catch you tomorrow. See you, Jess. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Patrick Royce. Little Willies. <laughs> the Little Willies. Could you imagine that, though? Instead of the, it's at the Target, they have the Target dog, and it's a Target-sponsored race? race. Bullseye, I yeah, think Bullseye. Yeah. Bullseye. Yeah. And yeah. now you could still sponsor it by Target, but if it was four Ostadios like, running yeah. around. 
and he could be in one of the costumes, blow your mind. I just love. I love the fact his face looked like, like a, it was being affected by G force. They got to have like a Willie Astadio like bobblehead night where somehow it's got to be like him. The bobblehead instead of it being a bobblehead, it's just got to be him just like running. Yeah, the head stays stationary, but the rest of it. Do you know what this could yes. be? This could be the opportunity to celebrate your body, no matter what you look like. You can celebrate it because Astadio is playing professional baseball. Man, between him and Bartolo Colon, we've had oh, our fair so share of fun. fun. What if they Let's were a battery? Oh, bring him back! Bring Bartolo back. I'm, I'm sure. If some, who is he with right now? Texas. Texas. Okay, and just, he just left Texas the rotation. You could bring him back. Make it happen. What a rotation yeah. or a battery that I would mean, be. I if, mean, if the Mets are going to start David Wright for their last game on September 29th, you can make this happen, oh, Twins. Come on. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're back tomorrow. Game show Friday and write that down Friday tomorrow. You can find our on-demand stuff anywhere you would find podcasts and or 1500ESPN.com.